Welcome to the Pastor J Podcast. You know how we do it. Every Thursday morning at uh, 10.30 a.m. Uh, live. And uh, some of you obviously uh, may be watching this as a, at a later date. Uh, maybe watching it on YouTube or Twitter or Facebook, whatever platform you're watching it on. I just want to say welcome. And uh, I believe that, as always, we're going to have a great time in God's Word today, understanding God's Word, giving a deeper dive. I'm Pastor Julius, and I'm Pastor Emeritus. That means I'm no longer the pastor of Word of Faith Christian Church here in Indianapolis. Uh, pastor Quill Redwine is is now the, the pastor of that church and doing a great job. And since then, the Lord has uh, led me uh, to start this podcast, one that uh, uh, we believe is a blessing to a whole lot of people. And so what I'm doing right now, well, we've been talking about uh, the heart of God. That's basically the big umbrella that we're teaching and that uh, that all, all humans uh, have an opportunity to have God's heart. Uh, God created all of us in his image and after his likeness. And the problem with man is that uh, everybody wants to claim God for themselves as if uh, God belongs to them and them only. And if you don't sign up for their team, uh, then you can't have access to God and, and God doesn't love you and God is against you. That is totally anti-Christ. It is totally anti-God, that God is for everyone. So we're going to get into this. Uh, as always, we we talk scripture and we talk the word of God, the Holy Spirit uh, leading and guiding us. And um, that's going to be our topic today, the Holy Spirit. And uh, this may sound like a radical statement or to some people even a non-biblical statement to say that the Holy Spirit takes us beyond the Bible. Um, because I believe... Uh, in fact, I, I, I believe this with all my heart, that the Holy Spirit was here before the Bible. The Holy Spirit was here when the Bible was written. And the Bible, and, and since the Bible uh, has been canonized and, and put together in 66 books, the Holy Spirit has certainly spoke uh, since the Bible. And uh, for some reason, as Christians, we have uh, made the Bible the central and the focal point of our relationship with God when God wanted the Holy Spirit to be the central and focal point of our relationship with him. So let's get into it. I'm excited. Can't wait to go. Let's, let's, let's say a, a prayer and, uh, and then we'll, we'll go for it. Father, I just thank you and praise you for another day that you have made. We're shortly going to rejoice and be glad in it. Father, all of you and none of me, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, my strength, and my redeemer. And as always, if we say something that is a blessing to you, hit like and share, leave a positive comment. I'll say that again, leave a positive comment. And, um, and let's go. In Matthew chapter 16, 12 through 13, uh, Jesus makes this statement after he had told his disciples, he's now going to leave the earth. And, um, but he says this, Matthew 16, 12 and 13, he said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot 
bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. Now, this he that is talking about is the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit is going to come and he is going to do for us. Jesus is saying, I reassure you, he's going to tell you the things that I did not that I did not tell you. He's going to give you understanding of things that you did not that I did not explain to you that he is going to basically the Holy Spirit is going to carry on the ministry of Jesus Christ. Now, to do that, the Holy Spirit has to take us beyond the book of Malachi because the only Bible that they had at this present time was Genesis through Malachi. In fact, Jesus said this, he, he was constantly making references to the Holy Spirit. In uh, Matthew 16, 13, Jesus, or around Matthew 16, well, maybe pick it up around 12, and I think this actually goes to verse 18, Matthew 16, 12. Jesus asked his disciples, he said, who do you, who do you say that I am? Who, who do you think that I am? And some of his disciples said, some say that you remind people of Jeremiah, that the prophet. Some say you remind people of Elijah, uh, the prophet. And he said, but who do you say that I am? I realize that's what they're saying, but who do you say that I am? Peter rose and he says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah. You are the one, basically, that the prophets have all been prophesying that was coming to the earth. You are that one, the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus responded by saying, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh, get this, critical to understanding our lesson today, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. In other words, you did not read this from the writings of Moses. You did not read this from the writings of Joshua or the judges or Ruth or first and second Samuel or first and second Kings. You did not get this understanding that I am the Christ, the son of the living God, based on what somebody else has told you. Well, if nobody told me, and I didn't read it anywhere. How did I know? How did he know that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God? The Holy Spirit spoke to him and told him that, yes, Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And when he said this again, let's go back. He says, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. And upon this rock, upon this truth, upon this revelation, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. In other words, the Holy Spirit is going to constantly be revealing things to you. And upon the Holy Spirit revealing things to you, this is how I'm going to build my church. The challenge is, is that we have become so uh, Bible-based 
that we don't realize that we don't live by the Bible. Oh, my God, what did he just say? Now, hear me out, because uh, some of my critics, uh, they usually take one thing that I say and run with it and, and, don't, and don't hear me out. On your, in our daily living, from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, we are not walking around referencing the Bible. And yet God is there with us in the person of the Holy Spirit, leading and guiding us throughout our day as we make some very life, in, in some cases, life-changing decisions that we're going to talk about later that we can't go and reference in the Bible. But yet we can make the right decision because the Holy Spirit is the one that's leading and guiding us, like Jesus said, through all truth. And people say, well, we're a Bible-believing church. Well, we don't believe the whole Bible. Oh my, what did he just say? We don't believe the whole Bible. We pick and choose the parts of the Bible that the Holy Spirit says is for you today. Let me read this. Uh, last week, we talked about the Apostle Paul, and we're going to spend a lot of time today uh, discussing uh, the Apostle Paul and his transformation from the written word to the living word. The written word was Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, and Deuteronomy, all the way to Malachi. The apostle Paul, he spent his adult life and probably his childhood learning to understand what the Bible said from Genesis to Malachi. That was the only Bible uh, that existed on the earth for those who were under the Mosaic law. That's all they had, okay? Paul, he goes, and let, let, let me read it, and then I'll come back and explain it. Paul encounters the Holy Spirit, not just on the road. We know on the road to Damascus and, and how he converted over to a follower of Jesus Christ. And let me put this, Paul had never converted over to being a Christian. Paul never desired to be a Christian. Paul just wanted to take the Jews into a deeper understanding of God through Jesus Christ. That's what Paul endeavored to do. He never, ever wanted to not say, I'm no longer Jew. Well, he couldn't do it because him being a Jew was a part of his birthright. He was born a Jew ethnically. That's what he was born. And But over in Galatians chapter one, Paul is recounting how he began to hear from the Holy Spirit no Bible. Paul didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians. He didn't have any of those to read because he wrote them and he hadn't wrote them yet. But Paul, before he wrote what we give him credit for in the New Testament, Paul received a revelation from the Holy Spirit about the grace of God. And in Galatians chapter 1, 11 through 20, Paul recounts this 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 time in his life where just him and the Holy Spirit and we're just teaching him about the grace of God. In Galatians chapter 1, verse 11 through 20, he says, this is Paul, but I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to men. Very similar to what Jesus told Peter. What You did not receive this from flesh and blood. Paul did not receive his revelation 
from anybody. He says, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond measure and tried to destroy it. In other words, he said, I was so zealous for being for uh, the Mosaic law that I wanted to destroy the followers of Jesus Christ. I wanted to kill literally the followers of Jesus Christ. Verse uh, 14, and I advanced in Judaism beyond measure and tried to destroy it. And I and and goes on to say, uh, verse 15, but when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me to who, who did this reveal his son in me. How did he reveal God's, how did God reveal Jesus Christ to Paul by the Holy spirit? But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with uh, flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia. Why did he go spend three years out on the desert? So the Holy Spirit could teach and give him a revelation and an understanding of the grace of God. That's what he was being taught, not because he read it in his Bible, but because the Holy Spirit was sharing this with him for three long years. I went to Arabia and returned among to, uh, uh, again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remain with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And now concerning the things which I write to you, indeed before God, I do not lie. I'm telling you the truth. I spent three years on the backside of the mountain and the Holy Spirit spoke to me day after day after day about what? About the difference between what we call the Old Testament and following Jesus Christ. And when Paul got up after listening to the Holy Spirit, Paul began to make these declarations in his writings. He began to write and he wrote to the Roman church. And he says this now, not about what was written in the Mosaic law in the Bible, but what has not been written yet, that he had not written yet, that ended up in what we call the New Testament. He says, but if Christ, Romans 8, 11, he's writing to the church at Rome and he says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ from the dead, he who raised, uh, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Uh, King James says, if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you, he will make you alive. This, this alive unto God, that the spirit within you, it is the same thing that Jesus did when he tried to convince the people in John chapter eight, not to stone the woman that was caught in adultery. 
Jesus refused to abide by what was written in Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 22, that says, if you catch someone in adultery, stone them to death. Jesus said, I did not come, Romans 3, 17, or sorry, John 3, 17. He said, I did not come to condemn the world. I did not come to punish the world. I came here so that the world through me might be saved, might be free. I am, I will, Jesus refused to physically hurt anybody. And yet in the Old Testament, we see story after story after story of physical harm being done to people. And Jesus said, I'm not, I won't have any parts of it. But they said, it's written in the Bible. It's written all throughout Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and Joshua that this God that we say we worship will kill you. He kills all of the Jewish enemies. He killed uh, people at uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, says that they were full of homosexuality, homosexual. And so God killed them. He killed the men, women, and children in Noah's flood, that this God is angry. This God is bitter. This God is revengeful. This God will get you if you don't get some act right. And Jesus comes and he says, fellas, I'm God. Well, they say, well, if you God, then shoot. You, I know you're going to stone this woman. No, I'm not. We looked at this in times past, Luke chapter nine, uh, James and John, they wanted to wanted, uh, get permission from Jesus to rain down fire on the Samaritans. And Jesus said, what kind of spirit are you? He says, I am God. I'm God. Well, what about what that's? I am not here to argue with you about what's written in Genesis and Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers and Deuteronomy. I'm telling you, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. You know, they took uh, Jesus. I'm going down a little rabbit trail here. Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to what we call the Mount of Transfiguration. And when they got up there, a light shined around. And all of a sudden, they saw Moses, which represent the Mosaic Law, and Elijah, which represents the prophets. Basically, the people who represented the whole Old Testament. And they said, oh, Jesus, it's so glad that, that you came, brought us up here. We got Moses here. We got the prophet. We got Elijah who represents the prophet. And Jesus, we're going to build a tabernacle for you so that you can be a part of Moses and Elijah and you, Jesus. And a voice came out of heaven. And he said, this is my beloved son. Hear ye him. We're not here to hear Moses. We're not here to hear Elijah. We're not here to listen to what Moses and the prophets have to say. Well, wait a minute. That's in the written word. Are you saying that we're not supposed to be listening to? He said, hear ye him. He is your example. He is not the written word. He is the living word. And well, how do we understand the written word, the living word? Through the Holy Spirit. And Paul made this declaration in Romans 8, 14. He said, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so Paul went back to the written word under the leading of the Holy Spirit. And he began to look back at Genesis 
through Malachi and he began to what he told Timothy to rightly divide and rightly dividing the word according to 2 Timothy 2.15 is not learning Greek and Aramaic and not learning Hebrew. That, that We have to do that because we're living in the 21st century. But when when Paul told Timothy to rightly divide the word, they did not have a language problem. They they understood Hebrew. They, they spoke Hebrew. They didn't have a problem with interpretation. What they had a problem with was revelation that the, now the Holy Spirit was moving them away from the teachings of the Old Testament. And now the Holy Spirit is teaching them, like Hebrews 10, 20, this new and living way that Jesus Christ had brought to the earth. And Paul began to look back at the teachings of the Bible that he had from Genesis to Malachi, and he began to divide what is it that we need to bring forward and what is it that we need to leave behind. And Paul began to say things like circumcision. Remember how God had told uh, Abraham that uh, all the male boys uh, uh, that are born, all the Jewish male born would be circumcised as a covenant, that as a sign of the covenant that they had with God. And then Paul comes after he had, after he had uh, been with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit told him, circumcision doesn't mean anything. Can you imagine the first time he said that to people who had never heard this before? Can you imagine the Jews, the, 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 the gas? Oh, what did he just say? He said circumcision doesn't mean anything. Wait a minute. Circumcision is the sign of the covenant between us and God. But that covenant doesn't mean anything. That's the old covenant. The new covenant is between man and is between Jesus Christ and the whole world. You're telling me that the covenant that we had through the law is no longer exists. No, he's given us a better covenant, glory to God, based on better promises. And this is through Jesus Christ. We're not living by that part of the Bible. We're not living part about that part of the Bible that says kill homosexuals. We're not living by that part. This is actually written in the Bible. There is no misinterpretation. There, That is what it said. We're not living by that part of the Bible that says that you're supposed to stone your children and kill them because they're disobedient. We're not living by that part of the Bible that says you're not supposed to shave your head and men are supposed to wear a beard. And I'm not doing this because Old Testament I'm doing because I think I look good in it. Amen. He said, we're not living by the dietary laws that says that you can't eat pig and, and you can't eat uh, catfish and you can't eat uh, lobster and crab legs and all of that. He said, we're, I'm going to rightly divide what we should bring with us and what we should live behind. And when I tell people, well, we don't live by the whole Bible. What do you mean we don't? We don't. We selectively live by, and we even selectively live by the things that Paul taught. Most believers don't believe what Paul said when Paul said that um, women should be quiet in church. 
Ain't no woman in the world that I, oh, I should say in the world. There's no woman that I know in the United States of America that you, before we go into church, you go tell her that you be quiet and wait till you get home. And then I explain things to you. You know, that ain't going to work. I know it's not going to work with my wife. <laughs> so I'll be quiet till we get home. No, we got even rightly divide what Paul said. Well, how do we tell what's of God, the Holy Spirit leads us, and we have a new standard for understanding God. It's not through the written word. It's through the living word, the Holy Spirit. And if this is the Holy Spirit, everything that we understand about God now has to go through the filter of the Holy Spirit and whatever comes out on the other side, that's what we are to be living by. What the Holy Spirit reveals to us. And it's not limited to what's written in the Bible. Can you, do you, do you just stop for a minute and think about all the decisions that you have to make that there is no reference for in the Bible? Things like, who, who do I marry? Well, I don't have anything in this Bible to tell me who to marry. Man, you better be dependent on the Holy Spirit. You know, less, less than 50% of Christian marriages ever survive. They get about 51% of all Christian marriages end in divorce. Because they because of the Bible. No, it's not because of the Bible, because we're not listening to the Holy Spirit. We're not even listening to the Holy Spirit. Before we get married, we're not listening to the Holy Spirit, certainly after we get married. A guy told me this two years ago. He said, no two Christians should ever get a divorce. And again, no put down if you got a divorce. I'm just saying the one that can guarantee 100% success in your marriage is the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will tell you, shut up, don't say that. Well, the Bible says, I, I'm not talking about what the Bible says. I'm talking about what you need to do right now. The Holy Spirit tells you to shut up. Or the Holy Spirit tells you to speak up. Or the Holy Spirit says, go pray. The Holy Spirit will tell, I mean, I can't go to the Bible. I mean, thousands of decisions I got to make every day. The Holy Spirit is there. He's on the inside of me. He tells me, uh, this is the job you should take. This is the job you should leave. This is the educational path. This is this is God's plan and purpose for your life. All of this, God has put on the inside of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell me how to relate to my children. You know, if you've got more than one child, they got different personalities. Well, how do I how do I best get the best out of this child, which is different from getting the best out of that child? How do I do that? Do I do is there a chapter and verse? No, there's no chapter and verse. It's the Holy Spirit. Friends, what which friends should I hook up with? Which friends, which friends should I keep at arm length? The Holy Spirit will let you know. Money. <laughs> How should I handle my money? Should should I spend money on this? Should I not spend money on this? Should I save here? Should I invest here? Should I give here? What should I be doing? Who's going to tell me that? Is it somewhere written about all these different decisions I got to make about money? Should I borrow money? Who's going to lead and guide me? He said, the Holy Spirit 
will lead and guide you into all truth. So that brings up the, the biggest question is, how do I know when the Holy Spirit is speaking? Peace. Peace is the umpire. See, God is love. God is joy. Everything that we talk about in the fruit of the Spirit because if you read the old, if you begin to read the New Testament, which is for our learning and the Holy Spirit is for our daily living. That's what the Bible is for. It's for our learning. And what Paul was basically teaching us is how to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. He wasn't teaching us to say that you're supposed to rely on book, chapter and verse, book, chapter and verse, because he knows book, chapter and verse cannot cover your whole life. Paul was teaching us a new and living way where we're following the leading of the Holy Spirit and not relying like in the Old Testament where they tried to lay out everything in the Mosaic Law. 613 laws that they tried to write. That's why they had stuff from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. They had a law for how much hair should be on your head, how clothes, whether or not you should mix fabrics or not what foods to eat and what foods not to eat. They had so many laws that they wrote trying to show people how to live their daily lives. Jesus came along and he said, man, no, we, we, I'm going to fulfill that. I'm going to bring it to an end. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to show you how to live your daily lives. That's what the Holy Spirit is going to do. And you don't have to have all of these rules. You know, it's like, what uh, What should I watch on TV? Man, we, well, we got some 300 and something channels. Man, just think if you had to write a rule for every every channel, for every program on TV. Man, you, man, you have a book big as this world. But you don't need all of that. All you need is the Holy Spirit. And listen to that still, small voice that always brings Peace. Now, will the Holy Spirit violate the word of God? No. The Holy Spirit's not going to tell you to kill. It's not going to tell you to steal. Why? Because it's going to lead you into the truth. We have the partial truth. And when I say that, some people, the truth that the Bible can contain is in the book. But there's truth way beyond this book that the Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide you in that medical decisions. Man, you know, should I go with this doctor? Should I not go with this doctor? Should I get a second opinion? Should I go get the surgery? Should I not go get the surgery? What should I do? Well, I can't go with the book, chapter, and verse, but I have to go to the Holy Spirit. And I said, Lord, lead and guide me. Give me peace. I, I, peace is the umpire. I need, I, need, I need to know peace. And when I make that decision, I have to find the peace in it. Some people call it being convicted by a whole lot of things. And when, even when God wants to show you new things, things that maybe nobody has ever heard before, nobody has ever really understood in your circles. And you, God may have you step out. And a lot of times when you step out, the people that you step out from, they're going to criticize you. You know, I often use this illustration. You know, the people who complain about the people saying that the world was round were the people who still believed it was flat. You all don't know what you're talking about. If you keep walking, you're going to fall off the face of the earth. And no, you're not. 
the, the world is not flat. And what's holding us is something called gravity. Well, they didn't understand that. And a lot of things that the Holy Spirit is going to show you about your life and teach you about your life. I mean, just a little personal testimony. You know, me, me living here in Indianapolis, that was the leading of the Holy Spirit. I was living in my hometown. Shout out to Fort Wayne, Indiana, my hometown. I was living in my hometown. I had been teaching school, public school for 16 years in the Fort Wayne community schools. And the Holy Spirit led me and said, go to Indianapolis and start a church. Wow. Start a church. Where's that in book, chapter and verse? It wasn't. Was anybody asking for you to come? No. Anybody waiting on you when you came? No. And I went and told my mother because she loves me and she's out to protect her a boy. And I told her and, and, and she said, you're going to you're going to quit your job. I've been as a school teacher. I've been teaching for 16 years. Well established in the community. Well established in my church. Some out, shout out to Summit uh, Church in Fort Wayne, Pastor Al Jennings. Well established, married, two kids, doing well. Really, there was no reason in in the natural to just get up and move to Indianapolis, other than Lord said go, and that's what I did. And boy, have I've had a blessed time since I've been here. I've met some phenomenal people that have come alongside me in ministry. And, and uh, we've raised our two boys here. They're now, then when we came here, they were five and three. Uh, now they're 34 and 31. And God has tremendously blessed me here. But, but why did I do all of that? I was just following the leading of the Holy Spirit. I didn't have a book in a chapter and a verse to look to. All I had was this knower on the inside of me. And even when I got here, I taught school for five years before I went full-time into in the ministry. And even when I got here, uh, some school districts had offered me a job. And I said, no, that's not the one. In fact, I think there was Washington Township, IPS, Lawrence Township. They all offered me jobs and I turned them down and I needed a job. <laughs> Just being led by the Holy Spirit. And, and then Perry Township here in Indianapolis offered me a job. And the Lord said, that's the one. That's the one you should take. And that's the one I took and was tremendously blessed. I, I think I was there eight years. It, the eight years that I taught in, in Perry Township, met, again, met some phenomenal people that really helped me to, to get established here in Indianapolis. It's like one preacher told me, man, I got to tell this story. When, when I told him I, what, I, what my plans were, and he looked at me like a grandfather would look at a grandchild, and he said, son, God will give you more along the way than what you had when you started. Just get started because God has prepared this for you, and God has more people along the way that will bless you. Man, that was in 1994, and here we are in 2022. And God has blessed tremendously. All of this was not because I read all of this in a Bible. It was because I was being led by the spirit of God. And that's as believers, New Testament, what we call New Testament believers. The goal is to establish a relationship, not Yes, we learn the Bible, but for daily living, we have to know the leading of the Holy Spirit. 
and he will lead and guide you in all truth. And again, if you're troubled about a decision that you make, put that decision on hold. Go into prayer, fasting if you have to, but you have to find that place of peace that, yes, this is what the way direction that God, and we, we know that things that we go without saying, you know, the Holy Spirit is not going to lead you to kill somebody or steal or commit adultery or, or, you know, lie. But there's so many more decisions that you got to make that don't involve any of those things that the Holy Spirit wants to lead and guide you. And you will have great relationships. You can have great finances, great health, great careers, ministry, whatever God is leading you to do, you will find that place of fulfillment. You will find, because man, you're looking at a guy who has lived a fulfilled, satisfied life, not because I crossed every T and dotted every I, that, that's not it. But because I know, understand that God has given me his grace. God has given me his mercy. God has given me uh, his forgiveness. God has given me his empathetic understanding. He's given me all of those things. And God, God has allowed me to be a blessing to many. And he's allowed others to be a blessing to me. And I've lived in this life. Not again, I'm not minimizing the Bible. But I want us to maximize the use of the Holy Spirit that is with you every day, everywhere you go. Because be honest with you, you know, Christians like to talk about book, chapter, verse, book, chapter, verse. Uh, statistics say, surveys say only 9% of Christians ever read their Bible throughout the week. 9%. That means 91% of Christians don't even pick up a Bible between Sunday and Sunday. Most Christians go to church or they tune into a minister and, and wait for them to tell them what the Bible says. And that's what they know about the Bible. It's what somebody told them. But yet they say, I live by the Bible. You know, even... <laughs> I run into preachers who sometimes disagree with me. And I try to tell preachers, everybody disagree with you. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> I try to tell my pastor friends where they disagree with me. Do you know I can find a thousand preachers that disagree with you too? So what is the big deal about disagreeing with somebody? We all know if the knowledge of God is, let me see if I can get this on the screen. Is this wide? if the full knowledge of God is this wide from this hand to this hand, my knowledge of God is about like this. No, I don't know everything. Don't pretend to know any everything. I know in part. So yeah, there are things, but I'm convicted and I'm at peace about what I'm sharing until the Holy Spirit takes me a little further. And I believe that about most pastors. That's me personally. I, I never go out and try to correct a pastor on what he's teaching. I believe that uh, he's preaching based on what he knows. And he's teaching based on what he knows. And I'm not certainly not going to get on social media and try to correct somebody. That's not my business. <laughs> you know, so I'm a second Thessalonians 411 type preacher. Mind your own business type preacher. That's, the, that's, that's between you and God and the members of your church. I'm going to correct you on something that I think you need to say. I have time for that. I want to be listening to the Holy Spirit for me. And then uh, I got people around me 
uh, that love me, uh, that can correct me without being so nasty. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm out of time. I hope you've been blessed by today's message. And um, you got thousands of decisions that you're going to have to make in your lifetime. Some are going to be life-changing, life-altering, totally changing the course of your life. And we know that we can't always go to the Bible. Sure, there are principles in the Bible. There are foundational things in the Bible. But it's the Holy Spirit that God has oh, so blessed us to lead and guide us. Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Um, again, I'm Pastor Julius. Uh, if you like what was been shared today, uh, please, if you're on YouTube, uh, subscribe, uh, like, and share if you're on any other social platform. Because I, I, one of the things that I wanted to get as, as we teach, I want to get re free from religion. One of the things that, um, one of the things that, that uh, up until now, I, I I was afraid to question things that were said about the Bible, things that were said about God. It it, it was like if you want to be a part of us, uh, you got to accept this hook, line, and sinker. And if you have any questions, keep them to yourself because questions you just start trying strife and confusion and all of that. Well, well, I'm free from I'm I'm so free now that uh, I have to ask. Uh, these questions, something simple as I, I was thinking the other day, uh, you know, uh, people say people choose to go to hell and God will protect your right to choose to go to hell. And I got to thinking, who in their right mind would want to go to hell? <laughs> Is it real? Who in their right mind? You know, when, when and again, my heart goes out to people uh, who have died by suicide. But if a person dies by suicide, uh, we say that person was ill. But then on the other hand, if a person chooses to go to hell, to burn in a fire forever and ever and ever with no way of escape, we don't think they're mentally challenged. Yeah, I think of stuff like that. <laughs> we don't think that they're mentally challenged. But anyway. I have a lot of questions and um, I'm seeking God for answers. And I know the Holy Spirit is the one uh, to lead and guide me. Again, let me say a prayer with you before you go. I, I hope you've been blessed by today's message. You know, uh, one thing that I live in is the joy of the Lord. And I get up every day and uh, this is the day the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And when life comes at me, Lord, I'm going to roll this care on you. I got to keep my joy because my joy gives me strength. Father, I just thank you and praise you for those that have tuned in today, whether watching me live or watching at some later date. Father, I hope something has been said today to spark them, encourage them, to make them see you as you are and, and remove, remove the covers, remove the veils, remove the clouds uh, that keep us from seeing you as who you are. Oh, we like Paul, Lord, we want to know you and the power of your resurrection. I'm speaking a blessing over everyone that's under the sound of my voice. Your home is blessed. Everything that you put your hands to will prosper. In Jesus' name, amen. Come back and see me next week. We're here every Thursday morning at 1030, the Pastor J podcast, and we're just here to be a blessing to you. Love you. See you next time.